sincerely from the depths of my heart, I'm so glad that we are so open to what the Holy Spirit is doing and that we allow him to move in our lives and, and everything like that. So full transparency, I, I, I'm asking the Lord this morning from yesterday, I say, God, give me, give me a word. I, I want a word for, for your people. And as we've been looking at I am healed. I said, Lord, I, I still believe you're moving in that and, and, and give me a word. And so um, I'd rather have God speak to you than me just waste your time. Right. Amen. So everybody should say amen to that. Never, never waste your time. Always, always ask for a word from the Lord. And so what we want to do this morning, I believe that in our worship, and, and that's why we worship as intensely as we do, because you don't know who needs a breakthrough, right? That everything might be great in your life, but there might be someone in your role beside you that needs a breakthrough. And um, that's why your praise helps to break that so that they can really experience that all that God has. And so this morning that was the case. And so I want to start in Isaiah chapter 6, and then I want to go to Luke chapter 10. Um, because I believe this is where, where the Lord wants us to, um, uh, to go. It's important that, um, it's important that we don't go ahead of God and it's important that you don't stay behind them, right? You got to be right beside them as, as you go on this journey. So in Isaiah chapter six, uh, I really felt in my heart that the Lord was commissioning us, commissioning us, um, yeah, he was commissioning us with this message that I am healed. Um, it wasn't just a message to, to for in-house. It's a message that God is commissioning us to do as he does. Someone say God is still moving. God, God is still moving. So in Isaiah chapter 6, we're just going to do verse 8, um, and then we're going to jump over to Luke, Luke uh, chapter 10. But in Isaiah chapter 6, this is the prophet, and, and I want you all to know that if you are a believer in Christ, that you have a prophetic word. That if you are a believer in Christ, it's not just a pastor who has a word. You also have a word as well. You have a Bible that you can read. And so God wants you to read your word so that you can be a prophetic voice to somebody. There are people that you will reach that will never reach. And so it's very important um, for that. One of the greatest joys is being used by God. It really is. That to speak a word into someone's life is really needed. And so here is Isaiah the prophet. And he, verse 8, he says, And I heard the voice of the Lord. And I heard the voice of the Lord. So it first tells that God is speaking. I heard the voice of the Lord. And so I pray that every time you open your Bible, whether it's for your devotion or for a study or to preach, that you will hear the voice of the Lord. The Bible says, my sheep knows my voice. And a stranger, they will not listen to. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Go over to Luke chapter 10, please, verse 37. We're going to see the heart of God. And, and in Luke chapter 10, we're, we're connecting to 
eternal life. That the question was asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus now in verse 37 of Luke 10. Luke 10, 37. He said, the one who shows him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me connect these two, Isaiah 6 and Luke 10. I believe that from our time of worship that you have spoken very clearly that you're going to commission us. And so we just uh, surrender to that. We yield to that. And we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Praise God. I love being a follower of Jesus Christ. I think every believer should shout at that. If there is no joy in your relationship with Jesus, you're not doing it right. Amen. Praise God. I just, I, I love it. I absolutely love being a follower of Jesus Christ. I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord. And um, one of the great theological understanding is, is that if you realize that you're commissioned, it's because you know that you were chosen. Why don't you write that down? The joy I have of following Jesus is because I know that God chose me. That I'm chosen. Not the, not, not, not the movie chosen, come on. But, but knowing that, it's a good to watch, by the way. But knowing that I am chosen. Someone say I'm chosen. There has to come a time if you want to enjoy the joy of the Lord is you got to go deeper in just saying, I confess my sins to Jesus. That there is such tremendous joy in walking with the Lord. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was full of joy. <laughs> right? It was full of joy. And I remember when I was 18 years of age and I, and I got saved and, and I heard the word of the Lord speak to me. and said, I want you to quit basketball Ouch, and I want you to go to Bible college. Ouch, and I want you to become a preacher. Ouch, and then I'm going to send you to America. All of that, because I heard the voice of the Lord saying. And so when you gave your heart to the Lord, perhaps it was maybe cloudy or no one expounded onto you what happened. But the moment you gave your heart to the Lord, all of that was connected to your confession. You are commissioned the moment you confess. Instantly. You don't have to wait for it. Now, you may have to discover what that is, but from the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he didn't just save you to say, okay, that was great. No, he saved you and said, I'm still moving. So you've come to me, and you encounter me, and now I'm sending you back to be like me. So, so your commission is because you're chosen because of your confession. Let, let me unpack that for you, because... The reason why you don't do certain things and you're holy is because I was chosen. It's not because my flesh doesn't want to do it. It's the fact that I know that I'm chosen, that I belong to the Lord. I've had an encounter with the Lord, and so I want to be true to my confession. And so, therefore, I don't do those things, right? And so here, here Isaiah is saying, here am I, Lord. Um, because I confess that I need you, and, and you chose me, and so you now commissioned me. And, and so the world 
is looking for people who understand the joy of the Lord and understand what it means to encounter God and what it really means to understand this concept of being chosen. Let me break it down just a little bit more. The Bible says that you didn't choose him. He chose you. Let's go a little deeper because I, I, I want to get to this place where the joy erupts in you that you're like, I'm so glad I'm a believer. I'm so excited I'm a believer because I have access to, to, to things in the heavens while I live here on earth. And so I want you all to understand that, that you are chosen, not because you chose him, but he chose you. He, he's the one that chose you and says, I want you, and he chooses you. And so what happens now is the Holy Spirit knocks on your heart and says, hey, you're chosen. The Holy Spirit says that the Father, uh, the Father is, is part of redemption, and so the Son comes to fulfill that redemption, and the Holy Spirit seals that redemption, right? And so here it is now that the Father says, Son, and he says, Son, yes, and he says, I've chosen him, and so, okay, fine. So the Holy Spirit goes and nudges him and says, hey, hey, you're chosen. And so all you have to do then is just say, okay, I obey. That's it. And that's why Ephesians tells us that you're saved by grace through faith, right? It is nothing you did, you're saved by. And the reason why I'm doing this is, is, is because what God wants us to do and what God is calling us to do and he's commissioning us as we look at this is to understand that I am chosen and understand that I am commissioned. And so now we want to see what that looks like when it works together. What does that look like when it works together? And so Jesus responds, and he's saying to this individual, and Jesus says, so who was the neighbor? Who is the person that actually walked out their chosen? Who walked out that they were chosen? And who walked out and get their commission? And, 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 so, and so the guy said, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, okay, so go and do likewise. Go and walk out your faith. Go and walk out that you're chosen. As a nation, you're chosen. As the priest, you're chosen. But what happened is religion has blocked you from understanding how to function being chosen and being commissioned as well. And so it says mercy then comes in, and this is what we need to, 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 to do, is we need to understand that I am healed, I am healed, so therefore mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment because I can't speak to that. Why? Because I'm chosen. And so because I'm chosen now, right? And when I'm commissioned, what I'm bringing to you is mercy. So I understand what you're going through. Because God's mercy rescued me and he can rescue you as well. And so only when you're healed can you do that. Because if you're hurting, you refuse to do that. But when you're healed, you understand now that God chose me and God has commissioned me. It means I'm healed. God doesn't commission people who are hurting. No, he wants to heal those who are hurting. And then he commissions you, says, now go. I've empowered you. And so we're seeing it right here. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for what they shall receive, what? Mercy. It's mercy. And so the merciful nature of God brings healing. The merciful nature of God brings healing. So we understand that God is full of mercy. Last week I shared with you the benefits of a believer. And, and I talked about how you are cleansed, you're healed, and you're made whole, sozo. But I want to go back to the original confession that the leopards made. Here's what they said, if you remember. What did the leopards say, all ten of them? God have what? Mercy on us. They didn't say God heal us. It first began, God have mercy. 
We appeal to your nature of mercy. Why? Because if you sent your son, if you sent your son into this world, that means, God, you want to have mercy and redeem the world. And so, therefore, they cry, mercy, you are the son of David. And so we appeal to that. Can you please heal us? So one of the greatest things that I want you to discover about the nature of God is God's mercy. It's in Isaiah chapter 6. We see it now. The prophet says, woe is me from a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. And what does God do? He takes the coal, and he puts it on his tongue, and he now says, you're holy. He says, I've chosen you now. I've given you what? Say with me, mercy. To be in the presence of God and not be consumed is the mercy of God. To be able to encounter God and not be consumed is the mercy of God. The high priest, when they would go into the holies of holies, they had to tie something around their feet just in case God zapped them and they can pull them out. But here we are now, the Bible says in Hebrews, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in the time of need. Come on, we can go to the throne of grace. It says, God, give me mercy. The mercy nature of God. You see, when you look at healing, it is received by faith. But many of us, we overlook the importance of seeking God for mercy because mercy is a way to access God's healing touch. The mercies of God brings the miracles of God. So right now, because you know you're called, you, excuse me, you know you're chosen, you know that you are commissioned, now what I want you to receive is the confidence that God's mercy upon your life is a healing remedy for all the accusations of the devil. Come on. That the mercy of God gives you confidence to go before his throne and says, God, I need mercy, I need grace in this situation right here. Why? Because you've commissioned me and I want to walk in wholeness. I want to walk in the fullness of your word. I want to be like you, God. The merciful nature of God. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 and 27, I remember Magon's brother, my brother-in-law, was in need of a miracle. He was in need of a liver. And I remember when I was driving Magon to meet her brother because she was going to go and, and, and get tested to see if she was a match to be able to give part of her liver to him. And I remember how I was. I was moping and I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, babe, you can't go. And I'm like this. And, and I wasn't being honest with her about my feelings. I'm like, and, she's, and so every excuse I had, she was meeting them. I'm like, oh, gosh, that doesn't work. She goes, it's my brother. I've got to do if I, if I can help. I have to at least try. It's, it's my brother. He needs a miracle. And I remember when I was dropping her and I, this thought came to me and the scripture came to me, Philippians 2, verse 25 and 27. And this is what I cried. It says, God, have mercy on her brother Oral. Have mercy on him. And so Philippians 2, 25 and 27, it says this. I thought it was necessary to send to you Ephroditus, my brother and fellow worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger, and minister to my needs. Look at the description of this individual. Look at the character of this individual. Paul is saying this person is chosen, and they are commissioned. And look, he says, this is my brother. Not only that, my fellow worker. Not only that, my fellow soldier. Not only that, he's your messenger. Not only that, he's a minister to my needs. Come on. That's the type of person that I want to hang around with. I want to hang around that type of individual that does battle with me. Come on. That don't abandon me in the battle, but fights for me. 
If you don't have a friend that you can call in times of trouble, you better get a friend. In the words of Toy Story, you don't have a moving buddy, get one. (laughs) Get a moving buddy. You better get a prayer partner. You better find someone who knows they're chosen and they're commissioned by God and hook up with them. That's why we need the body of Christ. See, the reason why I attend church is not so God can see my attendance. That's not why I come. It's not because it's Sunday I come to church. I come to church because I need community. I need community on Monday. I need it on Tuesday. I need it on Wednesday. I need it on Thursday. I need it on Friday. I need it on Saturday. And I need it on Sunday. And so because we live in a nation right now where we can gather like this, There is no way I'm going to miss opportunity to have community with you. Because you're my brother and my sister, my fellow workers, my fellow soldiers. You're the messenger of God and you're the minister to my need. Ooh, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit on that. So in other words, you're needed. (laughs) Your life has purpose. That you have been chosen by God as a messenger, as Isaiah was. Here am I, Lord. Send me. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill. Watch this now. Near to death. Someone say, but God. But God had mercy on him. Come on. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. That's God's mercy. He says, is, is, this, uh, is, this, is this a war buddy? Yes. Is this someone that runs? Yes. Come on. This is the reason why I love you so much is because you're doing battle. There's things you're going through. And listen, don't keep it a secret. Come on. There's got to be someone you can at least trust. And you'll be able to say, listen, this thing is almost killing me. Let's cry for God's mercy together. And I cried for God's mercy and and I remember when Megan went and, and they said, you, you can't be the match and we can't take too much of your living. She goes, well, how much do I need? I'm like, babe, man, you know what I mean? And, and so she was, see, when you're really having a situation, you recognize, God, what can you do? And I remember we had some lazy sport or something like that. And we got the phone call and they says, hey, they have a liver for him, a full liver. And we sat there and I was like, look at God's mercy. And I remember the prayer that Magon says, only you can take my brother Oral and his needs and my husband and his emotional needs. And mercy came in and answered that prayer. Oh, I'm going to praise God for his mercy, man. I'm telling you. It was his mercy. It was his mercy that did it. So if there's someone in your life like, a, like this individual... If there's someone like that in your life who's chosen and commissioned, we better be people who cry for mercy. Because as they are commissioned, we see here, now let's go back to the beginning of it in Luke 10 verse 30. Because now here is someone who is commissioned. Now this individual, he's not mentioned, is his ethnicity is not mentioned. But we know by, by, by the theological understanding of the situation that he had to have been a Jewish person who was part of the chosen and commissioned by God. The nation of Israel. So if you're studying end times, study Israel. Because Israel is God's chosen nation because of Abraham. Not because of what they did, because God chose Abraham. 
And that's a reflection of how God chose you. Because God is one that says, I chose you. My goodness, how can you resist being chosen by God? I don't get it. To be able to have that much free will that the Holy Spirit knocks on your heart and you say, no, Holy Spirit. I don't want any of your mercy. Oh, not me, man. I'll take your mercy. I'll take your mercy. I'll take your mercy. I'll take your mercy. And may God knows I need mercy. My kids know I need mercy. Come on. That's the greatest prayer you can pray for your pastor. God, give him mercy. Because those who were chosen and commissioned. And so Luke 10, if you're there real quick, he says this. He says this. Jesus replied now because they're asking this question. Okay, so how do I inherit eternal life? So if I'm chosen and if I'm commissioned as a nation, then how do I live out this particular law? And so Jesus now goes, okay, let me give you a parable. It's called the parable of the good Samaritan. And I want to, I want to preface this, right? Listen, just because if a car is moving and about to hit somebody, and you don't dive or do something to get out of the way, you're cruel. Like, you don't need to be saved to know what to do. That's just been a creation of God, a human being. But what he's talking about is not just doing something that makes you a nice human being. He's actually explaining how to have eternal life. He's explaining how to operate and being commissioned, excuse me, being chosen and being commissioned. You are not like the world, though you live in the world. So we cannot just be compared to the world and they don't see any difference. Come on. No. What we do is we bring healing. Someone say healing. We bring healing, not just help people. We heal people. And I'm not saying we as it's us, but God heals through us. Why? Because we are chosen and we are what? Commissioned. And so because of that, we see Jesus says uh, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And so this particular route was dangerous. This route was known as the bloody path. This was a place that the Romans knew who was in charge at that time had to set up soldiers because there were hills and there were mountains. And so there were places where the robbers can hide. And when people were traveling, they had to go through this place. And so it was known as the bloody path. And so they would tell you, hey, make sure you know where you're going before you go, right? And sometimes in our spiritual journey, it doesn't feel that way, that we're going through some things and there are robbers, there are, there are, there are adversaries, there are accusers, just hiding, waiting to... Attack us. Why? Because we have been chosen and we're commissioned and we're doing our father's business. And so the Bible says, Jesus replied, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And there's three things that happened to him. He was beaten. He was broken. He was wounded. He was beaten. He was broken. And he was wounded. And when I look at this. This is a condition on the ground that the people are going to come in contact with who are beaten, they're stripped. I mean, I want you to get the graphic nature of this, that they beat him, stripped him. They beat him and they stripped him. And it wasn't just that. They departed leaving him half dead. You might as well take They left him psychologically wounded. So first he was physically wounded. Then he was psychologically wounded. And then the end result was this. He was so 
broken, that his wounded spirit got to a place of where he was disappointed. And he says, God, I thought I was chosen and I thought I was commissioned. I was doing what you told me to do. But look at my condition right now on the ground. God, where are you? I thought I was commissioned. I, th- I, th- I thought I was chosen. And so he's doing, he's doing the thing. And here he is now. He is beaten. He is, he, he is, he is broken and he is wounded. He is wounded. And so what he needs now is for God to do something. You see, it's very important that we understand that these are the people that we come in contact with every day. They might be in the room right now. Don't look around. That they walk in and say, Pastor, I don't feel chosen. I'm never going to do that again. I, I did this for God and look what's happened. There's people beside you. So we say, get your praise on. They're like, I'm so wounded. I'm just going to go through the motion. There are two deadly things that we're going to get to that hinders the church from being chosen and being commissioned. Is number one, a religious spirit. Number two, traditions of men. A religious spirit and traditions of men will rob us of receiving the mercy of God. From our, for, for our lives. And so I want that to really simmer in. I want you to understand that the people that you encounter, your coworkers, beaten, broken, and wounded. You know, one of the greatest discoveries that I realized during the COVID season was the children who had to stay home to an abusive mom or dad that couldn't get out because of what was happening, that school was the only remedy, beaten, broken, there's so much people that were looking, and here it is now that God is, is, is commissioning us and says, hey, um, there is so much work for us to do. And so if you are healed, what I need for you to understand is this, is that you can't make judgments based on the facts on the ground. You don't know how they got there. You don't know what they're going through. You can't make judgment based on the facts on the ground because it will mess up your feelings. Listen to me. This is so important that if we're going to be a healing to people, if we're going to walk in the nature of God and describe or excuse me, to demonstrate mercy, we have to first get this, that judgment made based on the facts on the ground will never help. How we're supposed to do things is this Luke 10, 31 and 32 says, now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, what did he do? He just passed by. Beaten. Broken and wounded. He goes, no, I, I got to get to my religious service. And, and it says he was half dead. So if I touch him, if I touch him, then I'm going to be unclean. I can't do what God has called. Listen to that. If I stop and help him, I can't do what God's called me to do. Tradition is preventing me from helping this person. And we're seeing is no, that's wrong judgment. No, 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 no. That's self-righteous. That's not what we, we're looking at. Judgment made based on the facts and the ground. And this is dangerous. Why? Because I don't want to compromise, but I also want to have compassion. So we're struggling between how do we do that? The answer is mercy. Mercy is the answer that causes you to be able to, uh, to affect change with your conviction, but at the same time, don't compromise. It's called mercy. So from this day forward, those who are chosen, those who are commissioned, you're saying this. I won't make judgment based on the facts on the ground. I need faith. I need to seek the Father to see what's going on here. Because the priest stepped over, the Levite stepped over. 
And so now here it is, as we wrap this up, we now see, but a Samaritan, verse 33, if we get that on the screen, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, he went the same path. As he journeyed, I'm chosen, I'm commissioned. He goes on the same path and he gets to where this person is. And unlike the priest, unlike the Levite, he does something different. He acknowledges, I'm healed. Perhaps that's the reason why I changed my schedule. Oh, come on. Perhaps that's why God spoke to me and says, go this way. Perhaps that's why that thing didn't work out. The steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. Come on, somebody. Right? That I won't fear the terror by night. I won't fear the errors by day. No, why? Because God has chosen me. God has commissioned me. And I'm full of mercy. And so, therefore, he says he's on the same journey. And he gets to the man. He gets to the person who's wounded. And he doesn't say, oh, my goodness. The same thing can happen to me. He risked his life. Changes his schedule because he realized that this person needs healing. And he goes on and he says this person needs, needs compassion. He sees them. The Lord wants us to move with compassion. And it's from this compassion we're able to heal the sick. I promise you, TGP, that you can have conviction and compassion at the same time. You can chew gum and walk at the same time. You can have conviction and compassion at the same time. Don't let the media, don't let the world try to pigeon us and label us. No, we are people full of mercy who knows our conviction. God is holy, but at the same time know that people need healing. And so your answer is this, a Samaritan. Why a Samaritan? Well, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other. That's the understatement. They hated each other. But a Samaritan who would have known that this person was a Jew, a chosen, and someone commissioned. And he says, I can't leave him like this. I, I, I can't leave him like this. And see, he says, my mercy must trample my judgment. And he goes on, and I love this part about mercy. This is what I really love about mercy. Mercy resist exploiting the vulnerable. He could have went, you don't need that wallet. <laughs> you don't need this. They weren't adding to the wound. He recognized now that this person is an enemy. This person said things about me. This person talked all sorts of things. But he recognized now that, man, I received mercy. And so therefore, I'm going to show mercy. Because I don't want just to be able to say I enjoy this life. I want to be able to enjoy the life to come. That's what mercy does. That's what mercy does. So let me commission you in the last five minutes. This is where you're supposed to go to verse 34. And we're going to end right there. Verse 34. TGP, body of Christ. We've been looking at I am healed, a statement of faith. We've been looking at I am healed, the benefits of a believer. And now we're going to see the commission of what we're supposed to do with this. Verse 34 says, look at the steps. Look at the steps. You see, God's mercy healed me through you showing me mercy. God's mercy healed me through you showing me mercy. He went to him, commissioned. 
and he bound up his wounds. Look what he did. He went to him and bound up his wounds. Pouring on oil and wine. First thing. Then he set him on his own animal. Watch the process. Don't go to people and pick them up already and put them on the animal. You're helping. You're not healing. Oh, come on. And that's the shift that we need to have. It's not just everybody in the world can help somebody. But God has said, I'm commissioning my church to heal everybody. Oh, come on. So he took his own resources first, the oil and the wine, and he pours it in. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. This is the commission that God spoke earlier today. As you have received mercy, show mercy. Will you go to the ones who are beaten, broken, and wounded? When we go on this journey, know that we've been chosen and commissioned. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. Will you do the difficult work of pouring oil and wine, taking your resources. And will you do that? Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to it and he took care of him. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you're a believer in this place, if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to come to Jesus. He's knocking on your heart and he's saying, come, I've chosen you. I've chosen you. Sunday, I made a statement that has been, it's been, it's been chewing at me. It's been, God's been speaking to me about how. There are people who live on the extremes. He wants you to know that you're chosen. Come on, if you're a believer, you know you're chosen. Thank God for choosing you. That's his mercy. He came to you. He bound up your wounds. He poured oil and wine on you. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for taking the coal off the altar and putting on my tongue and saying that I'm cleansed. But now he wants to commission you. He wants to commission you this week, this month, the remainder of this year. Heal every wound, Jesus. Let your mercy triumph over judgment. You're worthy to be praised. Your commission. Your commission right now. My prayer over you right now is 
when you wear your t-shirt or if you want a hoodie, we can order some or a hat. We want you to wear this because you're realizing that, hey, listen, I won't see the broken and not do something. I won't see those who are beaten not do something. I won't see those who are wounded not do something. I am chosen. I am commissioned and I am healed. And because of God's mercy, I'm going to pour his mercy out on you as well. Is that a good word for somebody this morning? I know it is. I know it is. You have been commissioned by God. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for how you moved this morning. That we spent time giving you praise and glory. But perhaps some are stuck because they're saying, go and help somebody. God, I need healing right now. I'm broken. I'm beaten. I'm wounded. I pray for them right now. God, heal every heart. Heal every soul. Heal every wound. In the name of Jesus, receive his healing. Receive the healing that comes from the Father through his mercy. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. And now you're commissioned. Yeah, there's a work we have to do. There's a journey we have to be on. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. I can see it right now. Some of you are going to go back on this journey and you're going to say, oh my goodness. Okay, yes, I get it now. I see I've been trying to help before they got healed. So now I'm going to go and ask God heal them. Then I can help them. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we glorify you. We acknowledge your goodness. So the Lord bless you. The Lord causes his face to shine upon you. But I'm inviting those that say, Pastor Roll, I'm commissioned. And I want to see people heal through the mercy that I've received that flows through me. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. Father, bless those who have to go. Lay your hands be upon them. But I know as I know as much as I hear my voice that the Lord is a commission service today. And I want to pray for you in Jesus name. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar with boldness. I want you to come and we're going to pray over you. We're going to pray over you. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Come if the Holy Spirit's drawn you to come. God, I'm commissioned to go and show mercy. I know as I know my voice that God is saying today is a day of commission. I know that. I'm absolutely 100% convinced of that. And he wants to commission you. He wants to commission you. He wants to commission you. There are people who are broken. There are people who are beaten. There are people who are wounded. And he wants to call you. Yes, fellow warrior, fellow soldier, messenger of the gospel, minister of my need. You're chosen in your commission in Jesus' name. 